Before Jeff Lynn's ELO. Before Electric Light Orchestra Part 2. Before the Traveling Wilburys. Before the Electric Light Orchestra. Before the Move, the Idle Race, and the Night Riders. There were... The Chads. Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast, returns on September 24th as Face the Music, a pre-ELO song-by-song podcast, covering the groups that evolved into the Electric Light Orchestra. And we start with the 1965 EP by The Chads, the first record Jeff Lynne appeared on. But you can only hear it when you subscribe to the podcast at patreon.com slash ELO pod for $4 a month. Hello and welcome to Pods Like Us. I'm Martin Quibell, known to my friends as Marv, and this time I'm speaking with Mikey from One Minute Movie Reviews. Hey, Mikey, thanks for speaking with me. Hey, Marv, how are you doing? Not bad, thank you. So, what's your first memory of film? Well, I, a couple of them actually popped into mind. The first movie theater experience was at this movie theater in 19, I think it was 1993 in Jurassic Park. What a great first experience of a movie. Wow. And from that point on, I was hooked. But a little thereafter, I found this big box of VHS tapes, VHS tapes. I just dated myself there. And they had all these, I don't want to say terrible movies, but they were terrible. They were B movies. Yep. uh, A bunch of Godzilla movies in there. And from there on, I had a whole bunch of time to myself when I was a little kid. Uh, I was kind of by myself a lot. So I just put one in and just watch one after another. I'm like, wow, these are terrible. And yet they're so good at the same breath. Yep. And it gave me a real passion for movies uh, that kind of continued on um, until I was in the Marines many years later, where we had a lot of downtime. We were by ourselves when we were not staging to go to war or whatever, or training or anything like that. I would, I'd go to the, we had a little rental place there and I just ran a new movie each time. And I just, Okay, what was good about this? What was bad about that? And it kind of, I didn't know what I was doing at the time was going to lead me into what I'm doing now. I had no idea. But those are probably my first experiences with movies. What a great one to start with, Jurassic Park. That's, yeah, that's that's better than my first experience of going to the, going to the cinema, which was Pete's Dragon in the 70s. I, I fully just, I have no idea what that is. Okay, good for How you. How did that even come up? <laughs> Please avoid that film at all cost. Beach Dragon, next on the One Minute Movie Reviews podcast. <laughs> oh, I'm waiting for Sean from Review It Yourself to do it because he always, he, I mean, I'm going off topic here, but he always goes sort of to a different degree. You never expect people to go to with films. So, so he'll pick a film that's, that most people will think is terrible and he'll just go, actually, I quite like this film. And then he explains it to you. But sometimes don't you find that you've watched a film before yourself and you've really not liked it. And then when you've taught spoke, somebody else has brought it up and they've explained to you what they like about it. It makes you almost re evaluate the film. And then you go back to it and you find something you might not think it's the greatest film in the world, but you'll find something that actually grabs you a bit more. Absolutely. Actually, I 
kind of piggyback on that. I've had movies where I was in um, like a, like a bad mood as I was watching it. And I'm like, this is going to affect how I view this. And like, I need to stop. And then I'll go back to it. I'm like, okay, I'm things aren't going the way. I can't concentrate the way I need to. And I'll go back and review it. And I always say at the end of my podcast, like, what am I missing on this? Like, I don't, I get no joy from trashing a movie. And um, actually, I don't like to do it, but some, <laughs> some of them are just that bad. And I feel like my overall goal is to get people, time is money now. It's kind of the reason why I created uh, the podcast. And I'll talk about that yep. more here in a second. But um, I try to get people to watch movies that they skipped over because people said bad things about or watch skip over movies that people are saying are good. I'm like, oh, are they though? So I always give the good and bad and let people make up their own mind. And like, this is why I liked it. What did you like about it? Let me know at, and people have done that. Like, hey, I found your po- movie review podcast. I literally watched this movie based off your recommendation and I was so grateful for it. And a, yeah. a couple of times that's happened. Matter of fact, I'm like, this is exactly what I want to hear. Well, we'll, go, we'll we'll skip the next thing that's on there then and we'll go straight to that. So what, what you were hinting at there is the fact that this something really... There's something about shorter length shows, bite-sized shows, that's attractive to to a lot of people because it's just something that you can pop in for a couple of minutes, listen to, and it gives you everything that you need in that short period of time. If you want to something, this this shows if you want to listen to them that go more in depth and you know do deep yep. dives and things, and they're all great. But if you want something that's just a few minutes and you're thinking, I don't know about this film. Let's let's have a listen to this. You know, it says one minute re- movie review, but they're about three minutes. The episodes, but the review itself no. is around a minute. Yeah. Uh, but the three minutes, you get everything that you need to know about the film, and then you take that information away. And if you want to watch the film, great. If you don't want to watch the film or the limited series, then great as well. There's so much out there for, for you to watch anyway. Yeah. There's. I don't know if we've ever lived in an era that we do as of right now that we've had it so good with no. the great movies and series. This year in particular, the movies that came out, the series that came out, I don't know if it's going to be topped anytime soon. I'm actually kind of dreading next year because I looked at the slate, the slate and I'm like, it's not looking that good. <laughs> we were spoiled this year post-COVID. I knew we were going to have this year that it was just going to be flooded uh, with great content and it just happened to be this year. But that's kind of how my show started is – I was part of another podcast. Uh, I burned out of it fairly early on. And I wanted, I was gave it about a six month break. And also I felt that itch again. And I didn't know what that uh, was. Yeah. And I, I, didn't, I didn't know if I, I wanted to go back to the other podcast or create my own where I can kind of have more control over it. Then I watched the series on Netflix called Inventing Anna. And yeah. I was very upset that I couldn't find something to tell me not to watch this terrible series. Yeah. I hated it in the sense that it was just so long and they could have condensed it into such a smaller format. Then it got me thinking about it. I don't want to listen to a movie review podcast. That's two hours long. That's longer than some of the movies and TV series itself. And it ruined every, any incentive to watch it. Those movie review podcasts have a place and they go so much in depth and I love doing it. I have a couple of them that I listen to myself. Um, But then all of a sudden it hit me. I'm like, okay, I want to do this one minute movie review thing just to give them a reason to listen, not to listen. And my overall rating, my personal. Um, And I wasn't expecting it to kind of take off. Like we're doing 
very suspiciously well. Um, but I, I, that's the, basically the reason why I created it. Then I was getting way too much into U.S. politics, which is a nightmare right now. And yeah. I needed a distraction to get away from it. Like, I can't keep on going down this course. It's, it's really bad right now in the U.S. as far as the political realm. And I just, like, I needed a break from it. And I normally watch a lot of movies and series anyway. So it was like a natural marriage of these two ideas and just putting it together and see what would happen afterwards then to see if anybody would even be interested. Because I did find a couple of people that have tried to do this before, uh, the yep. one-minute reviews, but they never made it past episode 10 or 11, and they just give up. And I don't know. I just think I just did 85, and I got <laughs> seven more in the shoot right now yep. that are just right. I just have to record and put up. Three of them are recorded, and they're about to come out tomorrow, I think. Um, and just <laughs> put them out there. <laughs> put, put three more. Yeah, it's a uh, terminal list, Morbius. And uh, what was the other one? Oh, Samaritan. Okay. Right. Not, a, not a strong lineup, but Ooh. little spoiler alert there. But there's reasons to watch something. And there's always a reason to watch to not to watch. And it's part of the joy of connecting with people that are very like-minded that give me feedback and um, say, hey, what did you like? I have somebody in particular that messages me, hey, have you watched this yet? You'll give me things that are coming. And... I have another gentleman that will always send me spoilers. Like, hey, this is about to happen right before Doctor Strange came out. He started sending me the spoilers. I'm like, okay, send them to my DMs. Don't send them to because I don't want to spoil things for people. That's no. not my thing. No. Which I found it's really hard to do. This podcast is one only having a minute to explain everything, and two not to spoil anything. Yes. So I almost feel yeah. like I I go really generic because I don't do any spoilers on it. Um, I won't tell you anything that'll be considered a spoiler because I don't want to be that guy. Yeah, yeah, but it's tricky because I mean um, the spoiler thing. Even film companies are having the same problems, like with superhero films, which we were talking about before we started recording. Yeah. Um, that is particularly a tricky one because you find a lot with Marvel films, for instance, their trailers will be made up of what's in the first like ten to twenty minutes of the film. Because everything past that is a spoiler. It's a bit like, I mean, you know, spoiler alert. Um, they couldn't put the three Spider-Men into uh, the trailer for No Way Home. Spoiler, yeah. Because that would have just spoiled everything there and then. It was already spoiled to a degree by, you know, uh, by the actor saying that he was playing Doc Ock in the next Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. I'm in the next Spider-Man as Doc Ock. Oh, are you? Yeah. Spoiler. <laughs> But, Which I yeah. thought it was brilliant the way they did it, like with Andrew saying, "Of course I'm not in this. What are you talking yes. about?" But yeah. Toby just going, just looking at him funny, like I thought it was brilliant. Like it had me and my sons like around Twitter, like, "Look at this one picture. It looks like somebody's punching Sandman right here. There's got to be somebody else here." And it worked. Yeah. And it built yeah. up into a fever pitch of people like, "Are they actually in the movie?" Yeah. I thought it was brilliant, but it, it was hard for them. to Cut that part. I can. It was a very inevitable, or not in a, inevitable, uh, position for them to be in to produce that trailer without spoiling anything. I don't know how they did it, which yeah. they they kind of did, but not enough to really ruin it for everybody. And God bless Patrick Stewart because he tried to do the same thing for Doctor Strange and say, "That's not me. That's not me playing uh, playing no, uh, somebody else. Professor X. That's somebody else." <laughs> which is weird to see such a comic book accurate version of of professor x i was blown away when i saw him like 
Yes. Yes. Finally. Yep. Uh, that was amazing. But but that that brings to mind, you know, we're going on a tangent here again. But Sorry. <laughs> I want them to keep, so long as he's around, I want them to bring Patrick Stewart into the Marvel version of the X, X-Men because I think he is a really good Professor X. Well, it's great casting. It, yeah. It's exactly right. And I think now that they've fully opened the multiverse, there's a way to do that and have a Professor X moving forward being a different actor. And I don't think there has to be a whole lot of drop. There's going to be some MCU purists that aren't going to like that idea. But (laughs) come on, it's a fantasy world. You can do whatever you want with it. None of this actually exists. I mean, I mean, them them keeping Charlie Cox as Daredevil is perfect right. because right. I always, I thought Daredevil was the best of the Netflix series. Yeah, I, I I thought it was too, and I I still think of I think it was a early on in season one where there's a there's a fight scene in a hallway. Yeah, choreographing was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen, and like what they were doing with the light at it, like. This is amazing. This is how it should be. This is how Marvel series should be. Yeah. I didn't have a problem with the other Netflix series of uh, the Defenders, or well, I guess kind of the Common Defenders, by, by themselves and solo endeavors. But I wouldn't mind seeing them come back in some capacity. No. Anyway, I thought um, his name's eluding me right now. The gentleman that played um, Luke Cage. Yes. I thought did a, did a fantastic job. My, I think Jessica Jones is very Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Christine, Christian Ritter has already been confirmed, I believe, to come back as Jessica yeah. Jones. I think the only one they're not going to get to come back is um, Finn. Finn. Uh, yeah. As uh, Iron Fist, which I think they're going to eventually have to recast because he plays a big role in the series moving forward. Actually, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in Doctor Strange at some point. Yeah. But it, I mean, they, they have yeah. so much stuff they can do. They're just tipping the ice tip of the scale of what they can actually do with this. It's going to be a fun time to be a Marvel fans moving forward. But in a sense, I feel sorry for Finn as an actor because that was the one down of, of all of those series. The one that was majorly down was the Iron Fist series. Cause that, mm. that, that you mentioned there with the fight sequence in Daredevil, we'd got that. And then when they announced they were doing Iron Fist, I had this thing in my head and I was thinking, wow, if they use the say, if they're as good with the fight sequences in this as they were in Daredevil, this is going to be something else. But they sort of failed with that, and I don't think it's the fault of the actor particularly. I think it's the fault of the people that were doing the series, in a sense. Yeah, Iron Fist himself, the character is hard to pull off because. Yeah. All of the other ones are like real life abilities. The heightened sense with Daredevil and real life fighting ability. Jessica Jones, super strength, real life fighting ability. And per, uh, skin that can't be broken and um, Luke Cage and just massively strong. He's the only one that has like mm, mystical, I use air quotes on a podcast so that doesn't work well, but <laughs> mystical <laughs> iron fist, it's hard to pull off. I, I think they did the best that they could, but I don't know. It's almost like I want to see what Kevin... Um, could do with the MCU kind of thing yeah. of what he could do with it. Cause he gives realistic ideas that just pull off. They just work. Um, yeah. I, I hope we don't see the last of them, but I, I can keep, kind of see why Finn is like, yeah, I'm not interested in that. And he's got other projects going on. Anyways, he's a busy guy. But saying, but with that, I mean, you know, when um, 
I actually think one of the highlights of the of the phase that's going at the moment, one of the highlights for the films is Shang-Chi for the most part. Oh, yeah. And that to me says there's potential for them actually getting Iron Fist to work if they bring Iron Fist in. Mm-hmm. Because that is that side of it. That is the mystical side of Marvel and of the fight series of comics. So I think there's potential there that they treated that perfectly, the Shang-Chi character. And uh, I'll, I'll just say aside from that, they also treated the family well as well, I think, because avoiding the potential problems that there are with the original source material, you yeah. know, in the comics, and then restructuring that the way that they did, I thought that was really clever. So I think they could make it work. They could, well, and just as you were saying, that, my mind went to Moon Knight. They pulled yeah. off New Moon Knight. I would like to see their version of Iron Fist, maybe with how they did Moon Knight. It's great to see that we're getting characters like Moon Knight, like uh, Ms. Marvel. And may, I don't want to say lesser known characters, but they're not the Avengers in no. the sense of the traditional Avengers one. And, it, and like we have She-Hawk right now, which I'm going to be on record as saying this. It's been one of my favorite series so far, just the yep. way they've been able to do it. Making fun of themselves, breaking the fourth wall, which she does all the time in the comic books. Yep. I remember one time she looked at the cover of the comic book says, hey, buy this comic book right now. Or I'm going to come over to your house and rip up all your X-Men. I remember walking by seeing it. I'm like, that's hilarious. I love it. But like you have all these lesser known stories and people are kind of down on them because they're like, oh, it's not Iron Man. It's not Captain America. It's not Thor. It's not all these other ones that have been done and done a lot. But you can get more depth from this and build up these other characters. I've had a great time watching these stories. I did not know a whole lot about Moon Knight going into it. I thought um, Oscar Isaac gave a master class of acting on this because he's Asking a question like, what could a superhero ask if they do if they had mental illness? He has multiple personalities, his coping mechanisms. And he did it brilliantly. You could tell when he was acting as different characters. Yeah. He's a fantastic actor. Yes. I enjoyed well, that series far more than everybody else. I hope he does get another shot at it because I think they have something there. Well, they, have, they are doing a series too, aren't they, basically? Because he, he, he... I thought mm, they did. They... Yeah, he, well, Oscar had already accidentally let people know anyway, hadn't he? Because he put a, put a picture up of him in the director scouting yeah, well, yeah, in uh, Egypt, and they were in like Egypt, yeah, yeah. They're like, well, so a fan came up and like, what are you guys doing here? And they both looked at, what do you think we're doing here? And they're like, yeah. then they kind of backtracked from it. But I'm like, uh, I don't know about that. Like, it's just a heck of a coincidence there, Oscar. But but the video he actually says we we we're in Egypt to scout locations. Yeah, I I hope to see it. I didn't. I like the first one. Yeah, the, but I mean I'm I'm more um, I know more about the Moon Knight character from the comics beforehand, so I can see why there's a fallout with it from being the reader of that. But the problem is that it's always going to be an adaptation. It's never going to be a direct direct lift from what's in the comics to what's on the screen, because in some ways it it might not work. And in other ways it might not as well. My only niggle with it was having to wait until that last sign off for Jay. Yes. And then when we yes. got that, I was like, no, I wanted him earlier. What a great segue into season two though. If they do it, like, yeah. you're like, I got, there's a third. Yeah. Like I, I totally forgot about it at the time. 
And all of a sudden I saw, I think it was like the, he turned around with the hat and I'm like, and I had to look it up because I totally forgot about it. Like I consider myself a comic book nerd, but I don't, I don't remember. Like I haven't read a comic book in 20 years and, yeah. and I had a hundreds. Of, I still have them. I have my collection from when I was a kid downstairs and I'm giving them to my kids when they're older, but they're 99% X-Men. And that's just what I was into at the time. So I didn't know, I knew rough um, like crossover events and like secret wars and secret evasion things that I'm like, Oh, who's this character? And I would look into it more from that. So I don't, actually, I knew less about the Avengers about more than anything else. The X-Men was always my favorite, always going to probably yeah. be my favorite, but I have loved what they did with the stories and diving deeper into these characters. I'm Agent Scott. And I'm Cam the Provocateur. And we're from the Spy Hards Movie Podcast. That's right. And you are listening to Pods Like Us, the podcast that has a license to thrill. So what was your first introduction to podcasts? I was part of a, I made a podcast with my friend, Tony. I wore him down after three years of saying, hey, do you want to do a podcast? Hey, do you want to do a podcast? Hey. So one day we just recorded. We didn't even have a name. We didn't even know what we're going to talk about. So we created the name, There Is A Better Podcast. And because we were literally, it was a self-deprecating podcast where we just talked about things that were going on. And yep. um, we did it. There's a better recommendation of beer and other things. Uh, we had a good time. We added other people to the show. And it just, um, their, their, their tagline now is, we're about the show that's about everything and nothing at the same day, at the same time, <laughs> to bring a little joy and humor to your days, which is a great way to put these guys. I still love them. I work with Tony. Uh, he's like one of my best friends. But I just didn't feel that connection anymore, and I burned out very early on, like six months in. Uh, then I took a break from it, then I decided I was just going to try to – I think I was done with podcasting. Then that's when I created my show, when I realized three months later, I'm like, wow, that itch is still there. Like, I still want to do something. I still have fun with this. But unlike when I was part of There's a Better podcast, I um, Tony did all the sound. He did he's been a uh, sound engineer for a number of years. Um, he does amazing things with editing and all these things I couldn't do. So I'm literally starting from scratch. I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know how to record. I don't know what to record with. And thank God for Tony. He guided me through all these things. He gave me suggestions that, hey, try this. Hey, try this. Use Audacity. Do this. And it's been a joy that we bounce ideas off of each other. I still guest spot in that podcast every now and then. I'm the original, I'm the OG of that show, the original gangster, I guess. Um, we have a good time with that. But I listen to podcasts as much as I can. Um, yeah. I have a full, it feels like I kind of like onesies and twosies all the way through. Like I'll binge a whole bunch at once and I'll take a break from it. And I try really hard not to listen to other movie review podcasters especially if it's something that i haven't watched yet because i don't want one don't want it to be spoiled and two i don't want to repeat anybody else's ideas yeah and i want to have a, like a real and authentic my version of how i felt at that time then i go back after i've released my episode and listen to them like oh wow man i wish i would have thought of that yeah I'm like oh, that's a great way to think of that i'm like man i totally missed that episode I'm like was i even watching the same movie i missed this whole part <laughs> or maybe it just didn't resonate with me at the time and then second viewing and that's actually why i started doing i have my regular um one minute movie reviews that's always going to be the uh tentpole yeah the flagship if you will i've added something called revisited series where i go back and look at movies from 
yesteryear and yeah. give them with a fresh take and like, do I still feel the same way about it? And one of the first ones I did was, I think it was Jurassic Park. And then I did Speed from 1993 or 94. Then I did League of Their Own. League of Their Own was the only one that I didn't feel the same way about. All the other ones, okay. like the nostalgia feeling felt that same way. League of Their Own, for some reason, I was all over the place. I'm like, wow, this isn't what I remembered. It was kind of disheartening. Actually, I was like, oh, I remember this differently. Why do I feel differently about it now? I, I couldn't tell you why. But yeah, it was because I remember I remember liking that film when I saw it, A League of Their Own, when it came out. Yeah. Um, and I watched it again a couple of years later, still enjoyed it. But yeah. I'm wondering if I look back on it now, because I've not watched it in, ooh, must be 20 years, I've not watched that film in. Oh, what so it for me. I'm wondering yeah. if I might have changed my mind since. It kind of... You know I, mean? I kind of wish I wouldn't have done it after. I'm like, oh, like this just didn't hold up to me for some reason. And but Speed did, Dress Park did. Um, I don't think I've released the seven episode, which is probably one of my favorite movies of all time. I need to yes. go back and look at seven. It's such a what a great thriller. Probably the greatest thriller I've seen personally. But yeah, and there's a lot of them. But uh, yeah, then I have some. I have the bonus time where I go, um, where I review things that are upcoming. Like, I'm okay. These are the projects I'm seeing that are coming. Here's the release dates for them. Here's the platforms they're on. Keep an eye on for these. Those ones take a whole lot more effort to put together because uh, they're about 25 minutes long or 20 to 25 minutes. And um, then I have something that's coming around episode 100, which is only about 15 an episode. I'm going to do something called the takedown series. Okay. And, and this is going to be the first time, <laughs> and it's going to be a risky gamble for me. And I, I've been having a lot of self-doubt about doing it. It's where we take down beloved movies of the past or current. Yeah. Everything that's wrong with this, you know, this one's not a spoiler. This will actually, or this one will be spoilers with real language, which I don't know if I'm going to edit it a whole lot. And my first one, and what made me think of this was Top Gun Maverick, because I was so furious coming out of that movie theater. Good movie, yes. Yeah. But when they go into the intro, like. Tom, Tom, uh, have you seen it? I've not seen it yet. No, no. Tom Cruise gets on there before. Welcome back to the movie theaters. Look at, we brought you the most real and authentic experience ever. So I had those standards. I'm like, okay, this is what I'm expecting. And that did not happen. I'm like, wait a minute. And being a prior military guy, they did, they took some liberties with this movie that I thought was quite insulting. Then I just seeing all these people saying it's the perfect movie and all this stuff. I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. First, there's no such thing as a perfect movie. There's the ones that get close. Yeah. Uh, it's a good movie, but let's not, let's, I think people are overlooking a lot of flaws in this movie that really, really bother me. So that'll be upcoming on episode 100. 100. 100, right around the corner already. Yeah. I've, I've recently hit the 100 as well. So Did you really? Yes. Congratulations. Well, I made the stupid mistake when I first started that because I thought, oh, po podcasting's uh, easy. So what I'll do is I'll release two episodes per week, you know, and this is a long form show. And, and I was yeah. doing that and it got it so tiring doing that, that about, oh, God, I went on like that for a long time. And eventually I just thought, I can't do this. I'll, I'll have to go back down to a two or once a week. Although saying that, I mean, Stu from Stu World Order, he does it two one, two, three times a month, and I think that's all he does, or sometimes twice a month. I go through binges where I used to have a set schedule where I do 
one minute movie review on Tuesday, bonus time yep. on Thursday, which I'm going to try to go back to now that I think my life's finally slowed down a little bit. Um, but then I would sprinkle in other episodes as I got to it. I got to the point where I did like a seven day challenge where I released a new episode every day for seven days, but it turned out to be 14 days because I kept on, I was able to do it. I was able to get through it. But then I go through long swaths where I kind of burn myself out. So, and that's an important thing to do as podcasting, which I learned after is stay consistent. I haven't been consistent enough. Like life gets in the way and I'm like, hey, I can't get a new episode out this week. But I got a whole bunch of them in the works. And once I hit that, when things slow down, I can put out 25 episodes in 30 days. It wouldn't be that surprising. Well, well, even the bonus episodes that you were putting out, they were, they were good length because they were around 14, 15 minutes long. Yep. But it was interesting because what you were doing there was you were explaining in more detail the things that you were watching. So you watched this, you've watched that on the television, and you were saying, I've really liked this. This is great. This is getting better as it goes along. You would like watched mm-hmm. an episode three or something. He said, it's getting better. And then things yep. that weren't working for you, you'd say, this wasn't working for me. And then you'll explain why. And But it, it was, it's an interesting thing to what you were doing with having the three minute and then having the, the bonus on yep. that day. And yeah. I try to give it where I can give, because it's really difficult to fit a whole movie into a minute. It's incredibly I greatly underestimated how much <laughs> time it took to do that. And a lot of times I'll listen to it back. Or, well, not a lot of times. I've only listened to my show five times because I get, I drag, it's like nails on a chalkboard. I'm like, I find things that I mess up. I'm like, come on, Mike, you're better than this. Yeah. Um, but I try to um, like focus it down and like the law, the bonus time gives you in the, in essence, more, more time to talk about things, things that I, I may have missed that I wanted to address during the one minute where you go like, Hey, if you didn't, if I didn't give you another reason, here's try this one out. And this one could potentially work for you as well. Just wait till we get to that, that section later on in the episode. <laughs> yeah. 10 second movie descriptions. Oh yeah. Oh God. <laughs> really putting me on the spot there. I'm trying to pull up on. So how is is it just is there a reason why you select the films and the because sometimes you do shows as well, which is, is great yeah. when you do shows, but yeah. is there a reason why you select those specifically, or is it just I've seen this, um, I'll talk about this. People will reach out to me, like, hey, we put is this on your radar? You should put it on your radar, you're missing this. And like the the bear that's on Hulu, a lot of people were like, I, I'm about halfway through, and I, I think I probably would have skipped over it, or I would just wouldn't have got to it for a while. Like, hey, you need to move this up on your list. People actually message me and say, hey, take a look at this. I'll see feedback from podcasters that I respect, and I, I, I think that we're very like-minded. So I would, if they're posting on it, it probably means something to me, or like, hey, did I have the same feelings? Or just things that I've always wanted to see, or just happen to be in my own. I don't sleep much. So after wife and kids are in bed, I got like a two, three hour window every night where I can just sit there and like, okay, this is what I want to work on right now. Right now, there's so many good series. I feel like I have like my hand in five different series going on. I got Rings of Power, you got the House of the Dragons, Peahawk, you got the Mike season or Mike series that's on Hulu, which is fantastic. Uh, although Mike Tyson hates it. Um, okay. There's just so many other things that sometimes it's hard. Because I'm, I gotta figure out how to prioritize which ones that I want to do, 
and a lot of times I try to find a movie that hasn't that doesn't get the love that it deserves. It got skipped over for top of my head. Adam Project on Netflix was tremendous, and it, I wish I had a theater release. Uh, love and Monsters came out right during COVID, and I love that movie, and nobody really talked about it. And um, House of uh, House of Gucci was another one that kind of just kind of slid through. It wasn't. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great, but it's still worth a watch. There's a lot of things that are worth a watch. Yep. And I just feel like, unfortunately, I get skipped over. I was going to mention when you said that about Mike Tyson, um, mm. there's the same problem with, you know, the Sex Pistols uh, program series uh, that's about that's based on Steve Jones's um, own diaries and memoirs. Um, famously over here, Johnny Rotten, John Lydon is actually against the film. He, he, or the series, he hates it with a passion. He doesn't like how he's being portrayed. Yeah. And I don't, and I have to dig, dig a little bit more into this about why Mike doesn't want it to do. Cause it, from what I can tell, it's pretty, pretty accurate from yeah. based on everything that came around the time. I don't, I think like a lot of things that come out with, uh, Mike, it comes down to money. I don't think he was included in the process. I don't think he was consulted. Yeah. And I think that he probably got screwed out of some money. And that's probably why he doesn't like it as much. I, I kind of wish he would embrace it because I don't know how it is over there, but here in the States, America's love, America, United States loves uh, comeback stories more than anything yeah. else. And he does have a comeback story of sorts. He's mm. kind of sorted things out. He had not a great upbringing. And you definitely sympathize him with a lot of things. And I have a deeper knowledge and I definitely appreciate him a whole lot more. So I kind of wish he would embrace this series. Although some things don't make him look like, look very well, but sorry, Mike, that was life at the time. Like choices were made. And I think they do a good job of explaining why he made these choices. And it's a phenomenal series. It breaks the fourth wall too, but the way they do it, it kind of like weaves it in and out of the story. And it's very well done. Very well done. But, I mean, despite everything that's happened with Mike, we're going on another tangent here. Yep. <laughs> you know, we, but most of us still recognise that he is and always will be seen as one of the greatest. At his time, he was one of the greatest boxers of all time. He, he was amazing to watch. I don't know if we've ever seen anybody like him. I can't even think of um, a boxer that would... They come Linux Lewis kind of came up very fast too, but I don't think in, we've never seen anybody like Mike Tyson, just like the ferociousness and how he could move and just how dominant he was. And like, I think he had like a 23 fight streak to start his career with all, almost all of them were knockouts or something like that. Some ridiculous amount. I don't think most of them got out of the first round. Uh, it's Damn. just, it's an incredible story. Uh, Hulu has actually been on fire lately with things like this, uh, like the the Pam and Tommy series, was incredibly well done. Sebastian Stan and uh, Lily, I forget her name. Lily, not Lily Allen. Yep. Lily, Lily James. They were fantastic. Lily James. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they were fantastic as uh, uh, Pam and Tommy. Like to the point of like they were getting all their little mannerisms because Tommy Lee has a very distinct way about him. And yeah. Sebastian Stan, yeah. like, like, like I had a hard time. I'm like, I know this is Sebastian Stan, but like just his mannerisms, he's perfecting. It's a very raunchy series, but I thought it was a very good series. 
and it made me far more sympathetic to yeah. Pamela Anderson in particular and how she got the raw end of every deal that was going on in that. Yeah. But t- Tommy is, as you say, a character. Um, you know, you, you, you follow him on, on the, the socials and he does not hide the fact that that is how he is. Yeah. I don't follow him on the socials for that exact same reason, because he's a little, he's a little out there for my taste. I, I do enjoy as a human being, I do enjoy his antics, I guess, to a certain degree. I think he's, He's entertaining. He's a he's an entertainer, and that's what he does with his life. Every when it's all said and done, when people will remember back, I'm like, well, he's a crazy guy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, a, a few yeah, a few weeks ago, I just opened up um, Instagram on my. You, you know how it works on these things. You open these things up, and it's oh, it's no. random what it po- <laughs> what it posts up. As soon as you open up the first thing, you know, and I opened it up, and the first thing I've got is um, the real Tommy Lee's. Um, bits member? out there yes yeah. is member it's out there and i'm I thinking about this and i'm like i never thought i'd wake up today and the first thing i'd see looking on my phone was tommy lee's you know member attention. person personage <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i would have been seeing that's exactly why i don't because I know if I followed somebody like that, I'd Lord forbid I'd be sitting next to my kids about to show them something and open up Instagram and there it is. I would mm-hmm. be like, Dad, what was that? Some type I'm, of snake? No, I'm, I'm, no, no. All right. It's impressive, but I didn't want to see it. <laughs> it's it's Tommy Lee for you. It's Tommy Lee. It is. So what <laughs> research do you do leading up to the episodes? I basically just watch it and sometimes i'll watch whatever movie or series and there's certain things that i want to write down right then and there i have a template that i use that basically follows the thing why to watch it or what's it about why to watch it why to skip it my rating rating always stays the last obviously then i just go through each one like certain things that i want to remember i type in there and i try to figure out how to write it later um i try not to do a whole lot of research just into directors and all that. And I know I'm like one of the few that do that or that don't look too much into directors. And I think I should, cause I'm having a different, I'm noticing things now and I'm an amateur. This. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just having it, doing it for fun. Um, but I don't really, I didn't give a lot of credence to it. I'm like, I just try to enjoy the movie for what it is, what it's trying to tell the story it's trying to tell. And I director shouldn't like, if I'm looking for shows just by directors, I feel like I'm alienating the whole population just because it's not a well-known director. So I don't really try to do any of that stuff. So I just do it. Uh, I try to like, if it's a historical piece, like Tyson things, I try to look at it, I'm like, okay, wait a minute, but did this actually happen? Yeah. And, and look into things like that. If it's just a fun sci-fi show I, or like a, a comic book series, like the peacemaker series, I love um, I I try not to look too much into it because then it feels like I get caught in these rabbit holes of people like, oh, this isn't source accurate and all this other stuff. I'm like, it's a series. Let's just have fun with the series and let it let it breathe and go from there. And so I try not to do a whole lot of research on them. Sometimes I'll see like an actress or a move or an actor that I, I'm like, wow, I really enjoyed them in this. What else can I see them in? And I've kind of been doing that with Matt Smith lately and uh, Dylan O'Brien. And I'm like, okay, what else can I see? And it'll, and it'll kind of sit me on a, 
a pathway of watching their type their movies but i try not to but then again i feel like i'm alienating another one so it's kind of just whatever i'm feeling in the moment i'll just go and grab that movie or show and just okay i really want to see this and for example samaritan that's about to come out I'm like they were hyping this up for so long i'm like oh this would be so good i'm like why did they pull it from the movie theater and like i watched it and i'm like oh that's why they pulled it from the movie theater <laughs> that was yeah. Good call. That was really bad. Then you have something like Prey that came out, and I adored it. I thought it was one of the best streaming movies I've ever seen. And I was mad that it didn't get a theater release. I'm like, they they should have had a theater release of this. Because yep. I think they could have made some really good money on it. But Tim, I, I try not to do a whole lot of research besides historical accurate, accurate things and stuff like that to give disclaimers during um, my viewing of it or my uh, recording of the episode. For anybody interested, if you, by by the time this comes out, which will be a while, um, Mike, you will have already have done his assessment <laughs> of uh, Morbius that Matt Smith's in. Oh, and um, we're not going to spoil what his opinion is of that. I think my old God reference will speak for itself. <laughs> It's it's not, it's morbid. It's not If I don't open the show with it's morbid time, I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> I actually was thinking about trying to find like the mighty Morphin's Power Rangers and kind of like try to splice that into it. And like it's more each time they say instead of it's morphin time to put morbid time in it and try to splice it in there. Like I have a Hall- Halloween issue. You're gonna be the first one to hear this. So yeah. I have a Halloween one I'm coming up, and one of my favorite horror movies of all time is Scream. I, I okay. love the first stream, one of my favorite movies. Um, and, you know, with Drew Barrymore, the very famous scene, she picks up the phone. I'm going to edit Drew Barrymore out and I'm putting my voice into it. And I'm like, from the very old fashioned ringtone, ring, ring. Hi, this is Mikey. One minute from the one minute movie reviews. How may I help you? Then like go his face. Right. I'm going to re- I'm going to re- I'm going to do the whole bit and it's going to open the show on the revisited scream series. And it's a whole lot of editing. It's a whole lot of work. I'm hoping I can get it done in time because taking the source and putting it in there, it's really difficult, especially if you have no idea what you're doing like me. I'm the amateur of the amateur, but it's been so fun to do because it's so iconic. Like, I'm like, what's your favorite movie? I'm like, oh, my God, good. We're finally talking about this. Thank you. Then having a conversation with then he's like, hello, Sydney. I'm like, I just told you my name is Mikey One Minute. What are you talking about? Yeah. You you need to be able to get the video of that clip and actually do that and then put it on your socials as a promo for that app for that episode. I put put my put Mikey one minute's melon yes. on top put of your head in the, yep. body. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what I should do that. That'd be so disrespectful to Drew Barrymore, but I I, I don't I don't care. Oh. She would probably repost it. She, she may because she's got I, an incredible sense of humor i'm i'm just gonna say uh i'm just title of the revisited screen with special uh special interview with ghostface just to be a troll post and people are like wait he really got ghostface like, well, they're gonna listen to it in the first minute and like this idiot so full of it i'm like i don't care it's funny whatever have fun with it <sighs> Dude. so what sort of scripting do you do or is it all just from the top of your head. I have that script where I do like the intro and um, 
And I have like, I, I find a dad joke right before that. I've been adding those to it just because they're stupidly funny. And I'm a dad and I say dad jokes to my kids all the time. And they're like, dad, that's awful. I'm like, yeah, it is. But it's worth a cheap, char- uh, a cheap laugh or two. So I have that. And I go into what's it about? Then reasons to watch, reasons to skip. And then my rap, wrapping up. Then at the end, I do this kind of an Easter egg where I kind of like sum, sum up the episode. I'm like, so if you got yeah. one minute to spare, you can spend it with me. And a lot of people didn't know because most people don't listen. As soon as they feel like it's over, they just cut it off. But I've been doing this for probably 50 episodes now. And some of them are funnier and some just don't work. And some of them I have people come up to like, God, that, that outro was so good. I was rolling laughing. And it just goes right into the next episode because they're so quick. It gives them a reason to listen and hopefully continue on. Uh, bonus time. I haven't done one in a while, basically all summer, because they're really time consuming to create. So I have a format on a, a um, Excel or a Google Doc. And I just put it in as I see things. Oh, people should know about this. I'm like, hey, did anybody hear about this series that's coming out? I'm like, did we really need another Speed Racer movie? I'm like, why are we doing this? And I create all this. I have a flow of what I want to talk about. And a lot of that, I try to go. That's a little bit more unscripted where I just have the garbage man's coming. I could hear him coming yep. down the street. My yep. dog's going to lose it. Sorry. That's Mikey's dog barking at the garbage coming. <laughs> garbage I, man. I apologize. No, it's not a review of Morbius backing up in the driveway. Well, <laughs> but perhaps, I, perhaps I, that's where the film belongs. <laughs> Along with some of the actors. No, um, it's a little bit more free flowing with that one where I just have bullet points and I just talk about those bullet points. He's just not going to leave us alone until I leave. But the free flowing. Um, Revisited series is almost the same format as um, the one minute movie review, but just an older movie, not something that you you would have to go search and try to find out and watch. It's not something that's currently streaming normally or um, active in your mind, like Thor Love and Thunder just came out on Disney Plus. You wouldn't be yeah. thinking about I, I, I jump in the um, time machine, go back to 94 and do Speed. And that was a great movie, by the way. Ridiculous, but it was a great movie. Stupidly ridiculous, but you need those every now and then. We'll go back in time, and you could do the, <laughs> you could do that Incredible Hulk film from back in the eighties where they had Thor oh, in it. Oh God, <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> oh boy. Hi, this is Katie of Bad Council with some good counsel. You should keep listening to Marv at Pods Like Us. <laughs> So how do you record the show and then edit it together? I use, uh, my platform is Audacity, uh, just because yeah. um, this, what uh, Tony from There's a Better Podcast, he's like, hey, try this. It's like, it's really user-friendly. You don't know what you're doing. And I can give you tips remotely of like how to adjust things and how to edit that. It was really simple. I just, most of the time, if I get stuck on something, I Google it. Because when you're an independent podcaster, you don't really know <laughs> what you're doing early on and you perfect things i have a format that i use i already have pre-cut slice for the intro the outro and the one minute's already in there so i take a rough cut actually i call it the rough rough cut and it's just me trying to get through what i want to say then i edit it down to what's actually going to i just drop it in there and move just a couple sliders and that's how the magic that's how the cookies are made fairly simplistic very easy and the music that you use as well, and the sound effects. I mean, uh, 
you know, where did, where did they come from? Yeah, actually, I was very thankful. Um, all the music came from either Tony from There's a Better Podcast or my friend Brian. He, he just, yeah. in his spare time, he just likes to create music like that. And he does it over and over again. He's like, hey, Mike, what do you think about this one? Hey, Mike, what do you think about this one? I, he just randomly throws it. I'm like, hey, can I use this? And, yep. And I just do it. And he, I give him a shout out and he, he seems to love it. I'm very grateful that I've had a very solid support team around me that can create things like this. I'm like, I try to get uh, Brian to go on like Fiverr and I'm like, you can sell these things to people. People use these, man. And he's like, no, nah, I just like creating them for you. <laughs> he's like, I just like creating them for you. If you know somebody else that wants them, just let me know. They can use them. Wow. Never it, it would be a godsend for any podcaster. That's what I'm, I'm telling him. I tell him he has an idea and he, he does a good job with it. Did you hear the one that I have coming out for the um, the takedown series? I told him I wanted a spooky version of like a uh, more in your face version of the uh, Stranger Things um, okay. intro, and he did it and he nailed it. And I'm like, oh my! I'm just gonna let it play in the background of the entire episode when I go off my tangent about all of the things wrong with Top Gun Maverick. Wow, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> But uh, I was going to say as well, the, the logo for the show, um, yeah. it's, it, it just says all it needs to in there. And it's not it's not your average, not that I have a problem with these, but it's not the average picture of a person, name of the thing, and that you see everywhere. It's, but it tells you all that you need to because you've got that little bit of film reel there. And it says, you know, one minute movie review. It explains what it is. Like I said, it's got the nice film reel there. Yeah, actually. I had a couple of goes at it and I am not a graphic designer and I could not do it. That actually is from Fiverr. Hey, your right. episode is now sponsored by Fiverr. No, um, I, I bought it from Fiverr. I, I think I paid five bucks for somebody to do that. And they created that whole logo. He gave me three of them and I picked that one. I'm like this, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, this is the one I'm like, this is perfect. I'm like, I could not have asked for anything better than that. It was only five bucks for it. I, I was really grateful for that. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> Yeah, take you my money. <laughs> yeah, $5. That was the best $5 I've probably never spent in my life, to be honest. Because I would have spent, what, 20 hours to produce something that wasn't near as good as that? Yeah, absolutely. And so where are we going now? Oh, so here we go then. So do you think you could do the 10-second movie descriptions? I, I could really do with a timer for this. <laughs> if I had a timer for it, yeah, uh, yeah, I could try. What do you got? Which ones you got? Okay, so let's start with Jaws. Jaws, man-eating shark terrorizes eastern seaboard, and nobody will listen to the sheriff that tries to warn him otherwise. That's the film. That's it. <laughs> Maybe I should be in the ten-second movie review. Yeah. <laughs> But that, but that woman, that that film Jaws, it, it makes me laugh because when I watch it, I think, how old is that woman who's got that young boy on the beach yeah. when she when she's having a go about him, and you think, and then when the the boy's killed and there's the funeral, and you look at her and you think, there's no way that that woman is young enough to have a kid that age because she looks like in her mid forties to almost fifty something years old. Yeah, I like just talking about it makes it like what a great like terrible like it, now we're on a like 
for no reason afraid of sharks. I mean, it's actually like, how one of my best film, favorite films, actually. I, 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 yeah. It's like on my yearly rotation. I have certain movies that I watch at least once a year. Yeah. And that's one of them. And then we're getting to the point. I, haven't, I normally watch it during the summertime. And I just couldn't do it. The, the, just talking about it, I want to go watch it now. Like, yeah. it was so good. Like, wasn't it off the coast of Massachusetts, right? Like, the is it not? Didn't, didn't they, Which is, I, I thought they filmed it at Cape Cod. Which is in Massachusetts, no? I don't know. Not, not a clue. Like, no. It's not like it's... The, most shark attacks here in the States are always like Florida, Southern. That's up in the uh, New England area. Mm, yeah. And they do still have something, but nothing like this. And obviously this is not real. It's a movie. But I saw this one picture that goes around every year that's the people in a bunch of floaties in a river and they're watching... Um, Jaws on a big projector screen. And they're like, would you watch Jaws <laughs> floating in a river? And like, the answer is yes, because there's no shark in there. But it didn't make you think twice before you climb in that floaty, though. What a great movie. So here we go. Star Wars, A New Hope in 10 seconds. Oh, God. A story set of good and evil, but this time in space and with light-up swords. <laughs> Well, I was actually, this is going to be one of my new uh, revisited series movies. Okay. Think about, I, I struggle to think about the volume from that one movie, how much things have taken off, like a whole industry out of that one movie, which could have easily flopped is at the same left. It was very close. I watched like this behind the scenes series on it. I'm trying to recall what it was on, but like they had a lot of fortunate things happen the way they just, called lightning in a bottle and they have a whole franchise out of it and theme parks and merchandising and all from that one movie it was so iconic is is there ever been a more iconic one than that first one that changed because we weren't really into sci-fi prior to that a whole lot what was it 1977 we had it before that but nothing to that scale no no well, the only thing we had, well, it wasn't to that scale, it was 2001. The only thing that was accepted up till then as a classic film would have been 2001. And before that, it was all um, B-movies. Yeah. It was such a great franchise. I just, my wife's never seen them. Okay. So we just, we started sitting down with the boys and watching them in, in the correct order, in my opinion. You do the the way they came out. 76 or 76, 80, 81, or whatever it was. Then you do the prequel series. Then you do the sequel series. The order that they basically were released. We got through the, um, the original series, and she's enjoying it. We're about to start the prequels, so that'll be an interesting turn because everything's a lot different with the prequel yes. series. Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> My boys don't care for the sequel series or prequel series a whole lot, so we'll see what happens with it. Okay, so, oh, I don't know if we could do this. The Godfather. Hmm. Well, everybody has daddy issues, and the mob is no different. We look at this one as the father, his son joins his dad in the mafia. Said, uh, I can't do it. Dang it, I screwed it up. I can't do it. I feel like I had something. Close. Everybody Close. has daddy issues. I'm trying to think if I could do it now. Um, <laughs> no, lost it. I feel like I was that close to finishing it, but I screwed it up at the end. I mean, I actually think you'll do well with this one. Avengers Endgame. Ooh. 
what more could you ask for a movie? It's got drama. It's got death. It's got time travel. But it's all in a superhero format. And then you get to take on a big green guy. A big purple guy, excuse me. What more could you ask for? Probably one of my favorite movies of all time, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Do, do you know the film Flash Gordon? Flash Gordon. A football player travels to a different world to save Earth from a sorcerer of sorts. I haven't seen Flash Gordon in probably 35 years, so I, that's probably the best take you're going to get out of me. I have not seen it in a long time. I've got a special edition Blu-ray downstairs. I mean. Do you really? Yes. I, I have not seen that in so long. I don't even know if that plot line was even close to it. I think it's close. You know, because, you know, Ming the Merciless is trying to destroy the Earth, and he goes out there yeah. to try and... Flash goes out there in a space rocket with with a doctor and you know a, yeah inventor and some chick that likes him and saves the universe. Who more could you ask? So um, and you've got a couple of hotties in there as well. So as a kid watching it back when, back when I was a kid, <laughs> pardon? Yeah, I, I haven't seen it in so long. You're gonna have my list is gonna be like this. It's already a mile long it's about to be two miles long of things i need to watch oceans 11 Ooh, a gang of thieves joined together to take down what is his name andy andy garcia, andy garcia yeah. off his high horse yeah. <laughs> and then in oceans 12 oh andy garcia joins them to take down another yes hotel oh god there were such great scenes where andy joins it and he's so cringeworthy that they're both like uh clooney and brad pitt are like Rolling their eyes at this guy, we're like, "Let's go have some fun!" Oh God, what a great series! <laughs> it is. It's amazing what they made based on the original. Yeah, yeah. This should be easy enough. Die Hard. Oh, in this Christmas movie, John McClane ruins a German terrorist agenda on Christmas Eve. I always say Christmas movie just because it pisses so many people off. I don't think it's really, it's not really a Christmas movie, but just mentioning it gets people to get riled up. It's not a Christmas movie. Well, technically, the majority of films made have sections that are based at Christmas. Yeah, you can make everything a Christmas movie. Yeah, you can. Yeah. What was the uh, Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe set during a Christmas time, I believe? Well, it's always winter and it's never Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I've read no, that so many times as a kid. <laughs> but, uh, and here we go. It's funny, this one that I've been put this down, considering the first film you saw at the cinema then, Jurassic Park. Oh. Hmm. Man somehow creates dinosaurs. Man puts dinosaurs in a cage in an amusement park. Dinosaurs get mad. Dinosaurs eat human. The end. And they escape. <laughs> like what every movie the same exact thing happens and i still watch because we know what's going to happen but it's so good though at the time we never seen anything like it 93 i've never seen a movie well it was my first cinema experience but looking back on it in movies prior to that i don't think i've the way it was shot the way it was done the mixture between cgi and animatronics that they did there was nothing done at that time prior to that Absolutely. What's up, everybody? This is Chris from the podcast Real Film Reviewed, and you're listening to Marv on Pods Like Us.
So, go back to another page, Martin. That's the different page. <laughs> so, have you got a favourite genre of film? And have you got a favourite film in that genre? Hmm. I try not to do that because I don't want to get siloed into a certain one. I have lots of, I, I, and during this episode, I probably told you I have 15 favorite movies because I probably yep. do have 15 favorite movies. I used to be really into World War II um, movies and Saving Private Ryan had an effect yep. on me. And it really set me on, and might be part of the reasons I was in the Marine Corps when I joined, when I graduated high school. Um, and it had an effect on me and I, I, if I gun to my head, if I had to pick a movie, I don't know if I could decide between Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, or Shawshank Redemption. Mm -hmm. I do like fantasy yeah. movies, yeah. and it's probably too stereotypical to say those two, but I just think they're so good. I think for each category, I could rattle off my favorite movie in that that genre. I don't know if I have a favorite one, but I do like the fantasy aspects too, because you can do whatever you want and just have fun with it. Lord of the Rings, House of the Dragon, those esque type were probably my favorite. I don't know if I, I don't like to get pigeonholed into one. Depends on my mood. Tomorrow I could tell you Avengers Endgame and probably wouldn't even blink about it. Like, yeah, I think this movie has everything. Well, Shawshank and the other film that's based, that's a prison film that's based on um, a Stephen King property, uh, Green Mile. They have yes. their, they have their mystical side to them. They have yeah. that. They've both got that uh, these bits in that are very King esque, in essence. Mm -hmm. I mean, like the Green Mile, for instance. That you know, it's it's, it's a beautiful film, and then you get that you know that real almost horrific um, uh, electric chair sequence where they oh. forget to wet the head, and you, you know that that is that is oh, pure. Stephen King. Yeah. Well, if the guy purposely doesn't want the head because yep. he was trying to make the guy suffer, then the guy didn't want him. He's like, no, you look at what you just did. You just did it because you're sick and you're demented. But, and the movie has everything. It takes on Green Mile, takes on other issues of where they just found a black man and like, okay. He's like, I don't want to fight anymore. Like, no, we know you didn't do this. We can prove that you didn't do this. And he's like, no, I'm tired. It just, it has everything. It has re a redemption story, it has love and loss, it has um, Tom Hanks. Anything you put Tom yeah. Hanks in, it's mm. generally a fairly decent movie. Um, Green Miles up there too. Shawshank, yeah. <laughs> I always think that the name Andy Dufresne, what a great name yeah. of characters. Yes. And yeah. Spends all this time going through these terrible things that you know he didn't do and the whole time there's a plot twist at the end and you're like, Oh my God, he's doing all this whole time. And like, I never saw that coming and I've no. never been so shocked when I saw it. And I still feel the same. That comes on AMC here all the time. And I'll sit there and watch it. Like I haven't seen it a hundred times in my life. And I'll just sit and I own the movie yeah. and I'll sit there and yeah. still watch it. Like I've not, it's what, that's what I consider a great movie. So if you can sit there and it's randomly on TV with commercials and yet you still sit there and watch it. Like you never see it and you enjoy it every time. <laughs> Yeah, like you said, you watch it with the commercials and you think, and then only afterwards do you think, I've got the DVD. Why did I watch it with commercials? I can, wait, I can skip this and I choose to sit here and do this. That's a great movie. <laughs> it, just, it, it just checks all the boxes. 
So what advice would you give to people starting their own podcast for the first time? Well, there's two things that stick out to me. Um, you can plan and plan and plan and plan and keep on kicking the can down the road. I would almost throw all that out and just record your first episode and just see what happens because you're going to be perfecting. And I'm only six months in on my first, ep- my first solo endeavor here, and I'm still going to be changing things up for the next year. It still takes a while to find your legs and to perfect your craft. And even that you should still be changing things up to see what works and to bring some new life into your show. But my, my first advice is I, Sometimes I get into these spaces and I hear people talk about podcasting and they're like, oh, I've been planning this for six months. I'm like, what are you doing? Just, just try. And like, you don't even know if you have an idea. Just put it out there and see what happens. And the second one is almost contrary to the first one. But I saw this tweet not long ago and I retweeted it. And I got to find it again because it had a profound impact on me. Somebody posted uh, that I was following. It says, in the land of hundreds of thousands of podcasters and millions of episodes now people find your podcast and they willingly choose and listen to your podcast yeah that is so significant and impactful and powerful because out of all this other things they choose you and they somehow found you you have a voice out of millions of people that willingly choose to listen to you and that means something yeah. And if so, it doesn't matter if you have a thousand listeners or you have one active listener, that one means more than anything else. Like I've turned this into relationships, friendships, I should say, uh, with people that I, I don't even know from around the world that we talk to almost on a daily basis and we send information back and forth. We have a good time. We banter with each other. Sometimes we don't agree with things in movies and stuff like that. And I actually think it's better than because I get different perspectives. But it has been. Uh, one of the more rewarding things that I've ever done. And it's one of the most humbling things because sometimes things just don't work the way you think it's going to. And it put, takes a lot more time than you ever think it would. Yeah. But it's also one of the most rewarding things you do. So just take that shot, find your find your legs, find who your audience is, and just make things that you're proud of and everything else will just happen. I would take 25 listeners every week Versus hundreds of them that I have no interactions with. I, I'm happy with whatever I get. I have weeks where I have 250 people listen, and other weeks I have 25 people. It just it's it goes up and down. It's the roller coaster. It is. Yeah. But with with, with your show, just I mean, don't focus on the numbers. Just have fun. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah. But I was going to say with your show, I mean, the thing is that it's the same with mine. It depends on what you're talking about as to the listeners that you get as well, because there's certain films like if you talk about in your show, Marvel films, I bet those episodes are huge for listeners. Actually, this is funny. It's not. No, yeah, mostly it's the opposite, which is stunning to me. It's things that movies that go under the radar. My best episodes are, um, the American underdog story that the Kurt Warner story somehow blew it away. Anything I've ever done before the um, keep breathing series that's on Netflix, whatever reason that one had 50 downloads in the first week. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like it's out of the nowhere. Like the other episodes do well, but it's the ones that you don't expect to. And I, I begin to realizing that people are looking for something else to watch. So they're probably listening. Okay. What is Mikey? I trust Mikey. What does he think of this? What can you give me a reason to watch this? And that's really rewarding to me. 
Well, maybe they are looking for something that's not in the main that's not in the main known. So they're looking for yeah. something that's a bit different because they're all they might be sick of it. I mean, to be honest, there is a there is with that just to go off tangent very quickly. And the problem is that um we're running late on we're running on time as well. There's a problem that I could keep talking to you for hours. To be honest, yeah. So can I? Yeah, and, after we schedule this, we'll do this again. We will, but um. I think there's a problem at the moment where there's too much, in essence, of the MCU, in a way. I think they've, they've oversaturated the market, in a way. They did. And they have some issues moving forward. Uh, I don't think they should, I don't know what they should do. I don't know if they should just scale back. I don't think they should abandon it altogether because there are there's still the core base that it's going to be there, and they're going to be there regardless. I think they, yeah. they should still... They need to increase some of the production value because I feel like, like you said earlier, things are being rushed and they shouldn't and they don't need to be. You have time to finish. Nobody's clamoring for these projects. You have a whole slate of stuff coming out. Take your time, yep. put a good product and just see what happens with it. And if I you've got that extra piles. footage there, yeah. if you've I got that extra so. footage there, you know, uh, if you, you, you watch the film first, these people that are producing the film or, or the distributors, you know, Disney, when they watch them, in some cases, if you've got more footage that fleshes out a story, I don't think they should be doing this, restricting their films that they're doing at the moment to the two, two hour maximum to this thing, because if it can go a bit longer, it's already been shown recently that people are interested in a longer form film because it, it worked with Endgame and it worked with Infinity War. So it doesn't really make sense that they're restricting the length now of films. Yeah, and I think they might have been doing that because the, there's this weird nature that you have to watch all the other movies prior to this one for this to make sense. I completely disagree with that. So do I. I could go yeah. into, I can go into Love and Thunder, and I understood what was going on. There's some certain parts that little one-liners that you might be more funny if you knew the backstory, but other than, I can watch that as a complete movie by itself. This whole myth that you have to watch all of them prior to that is exactly that. It's a myth. You can watch these solo. And I think what they were trying to do is cut these down so you don't have to watch all these movies prior to this and not have to do a 37-hour commitment just to watch Love and Thunder or whatever it is, uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Um but I, I don't believe that. Like, Wakanda Forever, you could watch Black Panther right before that and maybe one other movie and understand what's going on. I think you could just literally watch just Black Panther and the next one and be perfectly fine. Yeah, I don't think they're really going to be that much of a tie-in. No. But we, we've had that before. You know, you in know, the end credits, yeah. anyways? <laughs> but, I mean, television series that we've watched over the year where you have an art, where you have, like, something going on in series... You can pop in and out of those where there's something that pops, you know, in, in just one episode. We've done it before ourselves with shows and we've not needed to watch that earlier episode to understand it because they might mention it in passing something from another episode. But it doesn't matter if you've seen that episode or not. Seinfeld did it all the time. Yeah. What if they did like a three minute recap or something like right into the movie? Like that might bug some people some wrong way and it might really yeah as i'm saying it now I, I can see some purists going really upset about that but to me i wouldn't care i'm like oh yeah i totally forgot about this one little five second moment i'm like oh yeah i thought it was insignificant at the time i didn't know it was gonna play a role later do, do what they did with the rockies where you have at the beginning of the film you have a reel that tells you what's happened on the previous rocky films yeah. it gives you a history of rocky 
while you've got the credits and then you go into the into rocky 2 from rocky 1 or rocky 3 from the others and like that or like a season recap like going into like game of thrones they would do like a 15 second promo or whatever and like just a little hype reel going into it. I'm like, oh yeah i forgot about these three things but more times than not during the hype reel i'm like i really like that moment i want to go back and watch the red wedding yeah. for the 50th time because it was the most stunning thing i've ever seen in television up until that point because i did not expect that right, that was I'm fun gonna... i watched i watched that with my son and i didn't tell him any i watched all through the game of thrones series i didn't tell him anything he was like, man, I really like the King of the North. I sit there, break eye contact, would look at him. He's like, Dad, you didn't tell me. Okay, I really like the Red Viper. <laughs> I look away. He's dead. I'm like, I told you not to have a favorite character because when you do, he dies <laughs> or she. <laughs> that reminds me of the opposite, you know, with the, uh, I, I like this bit about this, the recent She-Hulk episode where they've got that character, Madison, and she yes. and she's giving away everything to do with this with the Sopranos, the you know. He's, he's going and the, she's there going, she's there going. Oh, it's terrible when it when he killed Chris Christopher, and he's like, "No, you've spoiled it." <laughs> it's two ends and a Y, but it's not what you think. Like that was a fantastic episode. Like it was. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take itself too seriously. And I love stuff like that. And they, they poke fun at themselves. And she, if they did an episode, I know it's a joke on the internet right now with her and Wong. If yeah. they did a solo yeah. spinoff, the three episode spinoff just for fun, I would watch it. I'm a schmuck like that. I would love it. I uh, I said to, I think I said it to Matt Aguilar of uh, Comic Book Nation. And I said to him, I said, uh, I said, what I want is three or four, episodes of Wong and Madison going through the multiverse trying to repair things. <laughs> Wong's just over here working his butt off and she's over there just pouring herself a cocktail. God, it was so good. Like their marketing, I'm gonna get myself in trouble. I gotta go get the kids here in a second, but their marketing has been fantastic. It's like it's been so off the cuff like out of nowhere behind the scenes, like marketing and the whole thing with Meg the Stallion, I thought it was hilarious. I didn't think it was over the top. I'm like, right. do we not remember star Lord dancing really stupidly, awkwardly to yep. save the world? It was cringy back then. It's cringy now. This yep. one, I don't even think it's that cringy. I just thought it was funny. Mm. Yeah. So where can people find you and get hold of the show? Well, you can follow me at O M M R podcast at, on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, email me at omrpodcast at gmail.com. Or I have a website that I'm trying to figure out how to use um, and actually having fairly good success with it, uh, onemovereviews.com. Okay. Thanks very much for speaking with me today, Mikey. Thank you. I appreciate it. Good luck to you. Thank you. You can find Pods Like Us just by looking for Pods Like Us at Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And you can contact me through podslikeus at gmail.com. Anyway, thank you everyone for listening and hope you listen again to another episode of Pods Like Us.
Yeah. Really, celebrities should have people that are at the back of them, sort of, you know, when they're about to go on Twitter and say something, just go, uh, maybe you shouldn't say that. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. I can't imagine the scrutiny of, like, what you can and can't say. I would say something stupid. I have said stupid things in the past that would get myself in trouble, but when I was a part of a different podcast, I was notorious for it. Almost expected of me uh, after a certain point to say something stupid. <laughs> that, that's what that's what editing is for. I use that yes. myself. That I actually the other podcast we never edited the thing. This one I edit, edit quite a bit because which we'll, we'll get into that here in a minute, but. Uh, I used to try to do it all in one take, but I found okay. myself like, especially early on, if I go back and listen, I try to do it. Like I'm just it's like, it's hard to understand anything I'm saying. So now I just kind of take my time, go back and edit it. And I, even if I go over the minute, I don't care most of the time. I just, it does I've what noticed. it does. <laughs> I've noticed the I timer just, run out and you just carry on. And it's like, Oh, it's, it's in post. I add it in. I, I would add in post. And sometimes it's like, I can't remember what, what I did, but I was like, okay, wait a minute. This is, wait, was it Dr. Strange? But I was like, no, I, I'm like, I'm going to talk about this more. Oh, it was the boys. That's right. Yeah. It was the boys. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to fit this into a minute and I don't care to. No. But some of these things, you can't do that. It's like, I think you had trouble when you did um, the fantastic. Um, only murders in the building. I think you had problems oh with explaining that in a minute as well. I, I try to stick to that framework. And like, when I, I'm going to start the bonus time series up here again in this week, probably, and probably go into more detail versus just the one, like people like the one minute format for it because they can, it's like an a la carte menu. They can just pick that and they don't have to, that's partly the reason I created the podcast is because, which we'll talk to when we start. We'll yeah, I'll jump we'll, into that. We'll say all this lot again. <laughs> yeah. Stu from Stu World Order, he was going to send in a question, a voicemail question as well, a voice question. And Bill from Bill Reads Bad Reviews, he was going to send in a question as well, but I've not had them yet. They both listen to my podcast? What? Yes, they do. This is news to me. There you go. Actually, I want to, I want to, I don't think Bill follows me back on Twitter. Uh, I want to collaborate with him because I think I like, we could vice versa on each other's show. Like I could do my one minute, then he could read all the bad reviews about that and hopefully poke fun at myself, which is probably a bad review and like vice versa. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty accurate or whatever it is. Like actually this popped up well because I was about to do, I was just watching Morbius on uh, Netflix and thankfully this came up so I had to stop watching it because that was terrible <laughs> I mean since, since the mid 70s Black Panther was always that way inclined I mean you know so so for people to some a small minority to complain about it and say oh you just you just you know doing a film for the sake that it's that minority is ridiculous because that's what that comic was about for 40 some years before that film even came out. Yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. 
And that's what the whole X-Men franchise was about. The mutants or people that were different. People didn't even know what they were reading and trying to get understanding for them. It's really disheartening to be still dealing with this. I made a post about this the other day, or I retweeted somebody else's post. I thought really did it well about like, it's a fantasy world. We can, it doesn't matter what your skin color is. We can do anything we want. Yeah. Like I knew, I knew the Lord of the Rings was in trouble early on. When I saw that first promo, and they had somebody of color in the promo. I'm like, oh god, this is not going to be received well. Mm-hmm. And I didn't care. I'm like, well, good. There's representations for everybody. This is what the world looks like. So of course, this is good. True. Well, the, the source material from Tolkien. It's a fantasy world. What do you mean source material? You can have whatever you want in it. <laughs> Middle Earth was all types of races and ethnicities. That's literally what the book is about. In in some ways, you know, in some ways, and I've said this before as well, I think X-Men would be more of a, would be a better fit for a six, six to eight part Disney series. Because in a sense, the comics, a lot of the better X-Men comics are the long form stories in a way like, you know, oh, God, God, please wait at least another 10 years till you try to do the Phoenix saga again, uh, Dark Phoenix again. Leave that. <laughs> that but, was so terribly done. I mean, they failed on it twice. <laughs> it wasn't good. But that was disappointing. Like, in Days of the Future Past is a great storyline, and they kind of mucked it up. Like, it was all right, but, like, I felt like they could have done it there's a great storyline in it. There's been a lot of them. The Age of Apocalypse is a great storyline. Yeah. And a great villain bringing it into it. Fantastic one. Um, well, we'll see what they do. But I yes. the whole line. I hope they do it right. But yeah, I, I think X-Men would work better as a as a limited series for six episodes. Yeah. And do all do their shows. Because in you've you've got an you've also got a problem that that they've had from the beginning where the X-Men is about a group of people. It's a bit like, almost like the uh, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer Scooby team, but on a larger basis. You know, you've got this many characters in there. So if you stick them into a film that's under two hours, that's not much time to fit in that many characters. Because they had yeah, that problem not- with, with, the, with Eternals. Yeah, and actually, I hear they might be getting a second one. I don't know if that's been officially announced, but I kind of feel like they had something there. I thought I didn't hate the Eternals as much as other people. I, I thought it was fairly well done. I just didn't feel like I had enough time to tell the story, like you said. And I kind of feel the same way about the two first two episodes of Rings of Power. Like, I was really down on that. I, I was really disappointed early on. I was like, wow, this is not what I was expecting. And I couldn't think of why it was bothering me so much. Then the third episode happened, and it all made sense to me. When you're telling a story of this big, massive world of Middle Earth, and you're telling telling it from six different locations, like six different storylines, and right now you can't see how it all connects. You kind of assume, you know it's going to at some point. But they're trying to build all these other storylines first versus episode three, which was basically about three storylines. And it was so much <laughs> well done. I was like, oh, okay, the whole series turned back for me. And I'm like, okay, I'm on board. Let's do this. Yep. I was going to be on board either way. But when I start a series, I finish it all the way through. But 
that one was so much well done. Now, my son, who I'm watching with, he's 17. He felt the opposite. He loved the first two episodes, hated the third one because it was just on those three storylines. Yeah. So it's Amazon was going to have impossible standards with a one billion dollar series. It was people were going to hate on it regardless of what it looked like. Yeah. And I'm uh, I'm trying to tell people that it's it's one billion over the life of the cycle. Most of that's the rights. It's not one billion put into one season. It's like 250 million, but that's set costs for the most part of building things for the next seasons. But I love that third episode. Oh God, it was so good. I'm like, okay, here we go. Now I'm back on board. Now they have something to build upon. Yeah. I think I ought to get started because we're limited yeah. to time, aren't we? Yeah, and I'll and I'll talk all day along about this stuff. <laughs> oh, I'm 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 putting some of that out as a bit of an extra. I think. Oh yeah. Good. I think that was a good chat already. <laughs> I could do this all day long. Oh, God, I sound like Captain America now. <laughs> I, didn't mean to, I did not mean to do that. Oh, dear. Anyway, we'll, we'll get started now, okay? Apologize. It's okay. Immediately, the, immediately after that, the Amazon truck pulls it in. <laughs> right. <laughs> Good grief. Dear me. Busy there. And, and the boys are about to get out of school here in a little bit. It's about this time, it's a little wild in the old Mikey one minute house. There we go. Thank you. That was what I mean. I could sit here and talk for a couple more hours about this. Me too. I think my kids, my kids are getting a little mad at me that I'm about to leave them at school. But uh, yeah, I'd love to do this again, get a, a group together and talk about things. I would yeah. be down for that. If I get a group chat together, oh, what have I got? I've got, I don't know whether you're interested. Um, in a few weeks, I've got a group of us getting together, including some spy podcasters and James Bond podcasters, because it's the 60th anniversary of Dr. No next month. Oh, wow. Has it really been 60 years already? 60 years since the first Bond film. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. I can't even, and I th- it doesn't even feel like it that long. How? But it's got to be, it's got to be looked at, you know, we've got to talk about it because to me, it's one of the major, you know, pop culture icons, you know, of our times, really, I think that character. Yeah, absolutely. It's had so many like influences on pop culture and spinoffs and other things. I believe there's a direct correlation between, although they would never say it, that and even Mission Impossible. Yeah. I don't see how there's not, but. No, now Tom Cruise's hitmen are going to come after me now for that one. I'm not. I can't big... see any red lights anywhere near. You. Yeah, they'll come get me here in a second. I'm not the biggest Tom Cruise fan in the world. Yeah, they're, they're right. either work. They're either working for Tom or they're working for Mr. Feige. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I got to grab these kids. I really appreciate right. it. That was fun. I'd love to do it again. Thank you very much. You All take right. care. Yes. Yeah. Bye.